Welcome to I'd Rather Stay In, the podcast where we talk about what's going on in our brains instead of what's happening outside. We're your hosts, Steffi Predmore and Megan Myers. This week's episode, Budgeting. Hi, Megan. Hey, Steffi. How are you? I am doing pretty good. How are you? I'm good. I went to go see last Christmas last night. I like never go see movies, but I went to go see that one with a friend. We got dinner, went to a movie, and I thought it was really fun. But there's a big twist at the end that made me feel very conflicted about the whole movie. So I'm still sort of trying to figure out how I feel about it. That's a lot. I'm I'm proud of you for like going out on a school night though. I know. I went out on a school night and my friend like had to work at like six o'clock this morning and she still went out with me. So I mean we were like home by nine, but But still. <laughs> like you had to wear pants after nine o'clock. I did. I had to wear pants after nine o'clock and put on a bra and all sorts of things. So I was proud of myself for getting out of the house too. Sometimes it's just nice to get out of the house on a weeknight with your girlfriends. That is true. I don't usually get out during the week, but um, I got out twice on Sunday. I had brunch with my mom squad Uh friends. And then we also all met up again with like the dads and the kids and everything for dinner that night. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. So you got to like meet with a mom squad and gossip about the kids and the husbands and then see each other later and pretend like you didn't just dissect each other's lives and each other's husbands and kids. Yeah. Also, for brunch, we went to a Tex-Mex place that Bob and I have not been to like since at least before Max was born. Oh, wow. Years and years. And we used to go there all the time. But then once we had kids, I guess we just stopped going. And also there isn't one by our house. So it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um, but they have uh, migas um, in the mm. morning. And I forgot that they put queso in their migas. <gasps> and it was so delicious Sold. and so bad for me. And I was like, I can't believe I'm eating this, but it's so good. <laughs> Sold. You know what? It's Sunday brunch. I don't think calories count on Sunday brunch. I mean, I wasn't having a cocktail like a bunch of other people around oh, me. Oh, we'll so. see. Then it balanced each other out. Also, it was really cheap. Like, it was brunch under $15, so. Oh, I love a good cheap brunch, which yeah. is a perfect seg for today's topic. Exactly. We're going to talk about money, which I am not going to be our expert on. You are. <laughs> I, I like money. I can trade like it for goods money. and services. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much my extent of the knowledge when it comes to money. We talked a little bit about this when we did our um, work-life balance episode. And, and a little bit about it in our anxiety episodes, too. Oh, yeah, we did. That's right. Mm-hmm. And so we've talked a little bit about it um, before. And as you guys know, like for me... Budgeting is a thing that I sort of can do, but I'm not very good at it, and I'm not very good about it. Um, but Megan, 
Megan knows her shit. So we're going to get some info from her brain because 2020 is right around the corner. And with the new year comes New Year's resolutions, people wanting to be better about their budgets, be better about saving money, cutting back, things like that. So it seems like a good time to kind of get a jump start on some of these things and start planning ahead. Yeah, and I just want to preface all of that with like, I'm not a professional financial planner or banker or any of that. Um, We're just kind of going to talk about the stuff that worked for me, the things that I have found to be helpful, and things that I've kind of uh, gleaned off of a few other people in some of the groups that I've been in in hopes that it'll help you. Yeah, and I will say that even though I know you're not a professional, sometimes I, when it comes to like budgeting I and stuff like that, I find it almost more helpful to hear advice from my friends who aren't professionals in that area because I don't know, sometimes I feel like when a professional is telling you these things, like it almost feels out of reach. But when somebody that is also a mom and also working full time and also doing all of these other things is like, here are my tips and tricks to make this really easy. I'm like, oh, okay, actually, I can do that. Yeah, I think it's because we're going through the same things in our life, Mm -hmm. or at least we have gone through those things. There was an article or a tweet or something, um, I think earlier this year, that was basically just like, you would have more money if you stopped eating uh, avocado toast. And And you're like, like, "Uh, that's not how it works. (laughs) Thanks for the great advice. First of all, I live in Texas where avocados are like 50 cents. (laughs) (laughs) And so I'm not sure what you're saying. They practically pay you to buy avocados. Like, come on, it's fine. Right. Um, Well, it's just the same advice where like, a lot of times they'll be like, well, if you gave up your latte, your weekly latte, that will really save you money. And like, well, I mean, yes, but also like maybe that weekly latte is the only thing that gets me going to work on Monday or whatever. <laughs> right. you know? Maybe it is the only thing that brings me joy in my like Monday afternoons or whatever it is. Like, right. Sometimes there's a balance of like saving money and also having a life. Absolutely. So it's a hard path to follow. It is a hard path to po- to follow. So why don't you start us off by talking about like kind of how you've learned about budgeting and finances and gained an interest in some of this? Sure. So I will admit that a lot of it was kind of a sort of trial by fire situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe I mentioned before on the pod that. Uh, when my husband and I were dating, we went out a lot. Uh-huh. Um, he was wooing you. He was wooing me, yeah. And for a lot of that time, um, he had graduated college um, already. He graduated before I did. We met in college, but he was ahead anyway. Um and so he was working and also uh, he had um, he had worked out of like he got a certificate degree or whatever and then he went to work and then he went to like regular college later. Sure. And so like it just made it seem like he had all this money, right? <laughs> and then it turned out um, that what actually he was doing was that his uh, bank card – was tied to a line of credit. Oh no. And so oh, a, no. 
Oh. A lot of all of our dates and stuff were on that credit card. Oh, no. It was all fake news. It was all fake news. Um, and so we, we he had that credit. And then um, he also had some other credit cards that had a lot of debt. And he we had a car debt. And we had... We had lots and lots of debt. Um, and then it turned out we added it. We got married and we moved. And, you know, that moving adds on other debt. Sure. And so once we settled down in Texas, I was like, okay, I have to get a handle on this situation so we can move forward with our lives and, like, right. you know, have a family and be adults. And we totaled it all up, including our student loans and um it was a hundred thousand dollars <gasps> oh. uh, <laughs> and a lot of that was consumer debt not Oy. the bulk of it was not our our student loans um and we have paid that off wow uh but a, it was a really um long and difficult journey in terms of figuring out how to do that sure how uh, long did that take you well so we let me think we paid off all of it finally when we sold our previous house okay we had only had i think just a little a little bit left when okay. we sold our house and we sold our house at a profit um so we had that extra money to pay off all of the rest of our debt mm-hmm. and then move forward with like just our mortgage. Um, so we lived in that house for nine years. Okay. So it took a long time. It took longer than I really would have liked. Um, but it's because of the choices that we made like along the way. Sure. Where we chose not to fully sacrifice a lot of the things that... Uh, a lot of it financial advice people would tell us to do yeah right you still had some lattes and still had lattes we still go out to eat or go to a movie every once in a while you chose to have a life we still were doing it yeah we still would like go fly up to visit the in-laws for the holidays every once in a while um but essentially the the way that we got that whole thing moving was that I was in this mom's group that was based on Yahoo groups. Uh-huh. And so... Oh, Megan, you're going to show your age. Well, so they actually only <laughs> just closed Yahoo groups, so I'm not that old. <laughs> but um, they have all these off... They had all these offshoots of the group. And so, like, for each... You know, like, there was, like, for kids that were all born in the same year. And then there was, like, I don't know, people who homeschooled and mm-hmm. people who worked out of the house. And there was one about debt. And I was like, okay, I need this group. Yeah. <laughs> we need, I need advice. And so I joined that group, and that's how I learned about Dave Ramsey. Okay, yep. And if you are not a Christian, you probably don't know about You're Dave Ramsey. you like, who the hell is Dave Ramsey? <laughs> right. But if you are a Christian, you probably definitely know who Dave Ramsey is. Yes. Um, and so he is a financial... I guess, and I guess I would say guru at this point. Yeah. Um, And he has a radio show. He wrote a bunch of books. um, And so I got his book and I started listening to his radio show while I was at work. 
And and for the for some context for our listeners, the reason she says like if you're a Christian and you probably you like you know about him, like a lot of the things that he talks about yeah. are based in like scripture of like not being like spread too thin, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. So that's why, and there and like his stuff is very big, like among like among Christian people. So um, that's why she's, that's why Megan's saying like, if you're a Christian, you probably know who he is. <laughs> right. And he, um, he definitely has like a big, like a big component of like his budgeting system is making sure you're tithing and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So yeah, that's essentially why like a lot of people know who he is. Yeah. Um, uh, and so if you don't know who he is or don't know what he's about, Essentially, his method is called the snowball method, where you take all of your debts and you pay down the smallest debt first. Okay. And that way, when you have that one paid off, you like take the payment from that one and then add it to the next smallest one and then so on and so forth. So then your payments get bigger and bigger and you have all this momentum. So for example, if I have something where I have to pay $100 a month to something, mm-hmm. then I'm going to pay that off and then I'm going to take that $100 a month that I was using to pay off debt A and I'm going to put that towards paying off debt B. Yes, exactly. Okay. And so um, so that's his main method. Apparently, I don't know if this, there's another one that's called the avalanche and I don't know if that's his now or if it's someone that just took his like snowball analogy and went with it sure and the the avalanche one is you start with the one that has the highest interest rate okay um and that way technically you're paying more money on that one so that way that's why like it's i don't know they some people prefer that one because of that high interest rate however we started to do that one before i knew that's what it was called sure and for us, we weren't getting any traction. Okay. It felt impossible. Like we would never, ever pay off anything because yeah. you're paying all these little tiny amounts to all these other people and you're not, nothing's happening. Right. And so when we switched to the snowball method, like I felt like I immediately had results. And so that I really f- worked for us. And I feel like that gives you the like confidence to do more. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the whole, it's all about like your mindset, really. Like once you get it going, you see like how good it feels to pay one off and you're like, oh my God, I need to keep doing this. I need to see what else I can do. Yeah. (laughs) And so um, we, we did that. I would, we used to work in just a Google Sheets budget planner and then Uh we'd plan our, our meals every week. I would like do the coupon checking and like the sales flyer checking and like be super crazy about how much all of our food cost. Yeah. Um, never got really down to like the whole like rice and beans mentality. Mostly because I don't really like rice and beans that much. (laughs) Um, yeah. So it was just like a lot of like, you have to be really focused is the main thing. If you aren't thinking about your budget, then that's like when things are going to get out of hand. Yeah, that's when you go buy something and then you buy something else, then you buy something else, and then suddenly you've spent all of your like extra money for the month. And you're right. Like, oh, shoot. Exactly. And we, so I'm, and I'm the one who's in charge of the money, like budgeting, just yeah. because. Um, Clearly you're the, better one to be doing well it. sorry I mean, bob but. i don't i don't want to say it's because of his 
you know, college years spending. Right. But um, it's pretty related to that. And the fact that, like, he would get in that mindset where, like, if it was payday, he was like, well, I have money because it's payday. Right. Without looking ahead to be like, well, you do have money, but also we have, like, a summer AC bill coming up. And, like, that's not, you can't just spend money because it's in the bank account. Like, that money goes somewhere. I feel like there's one in every like relationship that tends to be a little bit more money minded or savings minded and one that tends to be a little less so. Um, even though I am definitely not like uh, the budget queen, I definitely am the one that handles the finances and like keeps track of paying the bills and things like that because Alex is just not, he's, this is not where his gifts lie. Let's just be real. I mean, sometimes there is, but also sometimes there isn't, which... Um, that's when you get really in trouble. <laughs> well, I mean, to be honest, that's why a lot of people get divorced. It's true. So... It's uh, true. If you don't have anybody, like, kind of doing that, and it causes a lot of... I, you know, money money talk just causes a lot of problems in general. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to relationships and money, then it's, like, super huge. Yeah. And if you're both, like thinking that they you should be able to do what you want and you can't come to a consensus like that's just not gonna work well for anyone no so you've paid down your debt Mm -hmm. um you did it in you know you said somewhere around like nine years or so which if you're paying off a hundred thousand dollars in debt like you're still averaging over ten thousand dollars a year which is pretty incredible like even if you're saying it wasn't as fast as maybe like you might have wanted it to be Mm -hmm. That still feels like a huge chunk each year when you look at it like that. Um, well, it's also you think about like you're paying it off, but also you're pay- you're still paying for your mortgage. Exactly. You're still paying like my kid was in daycare at the time. <laughs> like Right. It's a lot of other extra expenses aside from what you can afford to put down on your debt. Exactly. Exactly. So now that you know, you've paid down your debt, Let's talk about investing, um, because this is something I am dreadful out, so, so bad at, don't understand. Um, but I would imagine that now, you know, you've paid down that debt, you have this extra money, what are mm-hmm. you doing with it? You know, you're not just, I know you, I know you're not just like making it rain every day. Um, <laughs> so I imagine you're probably investing a lot of that. Talk to me about that. I mean, I did just go to Target, but... I mean... uh, (laughs) So, um, obviously, my previous office job, I had a 401k there. Mm -hmm. And when I left it, um, I actually just left it in the 401k for a really long time. And then eventually, I rolled it over into an IRA. Okay. And then I was freelancing, so I just um, started putting my own payments into the IRA. Okay. And I still actually contribute to that. IRA, even though I also now have a 401k through my current job. Okay. And to be honest, I don't really look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, I get the statements and I'm like, oh, good. I made money this time. <laughs> There's money. Yay. Um, and I don't really think about it a whole lot because I don't want to get too stressed about it. Um, I know that some people like to like be really invested in it. Uh, and um no pun intended uh (laughs) and decided you know they want to move their stuff around to things that are more aggressive or things like that but i just kind of stick with the recommended 
thing that they give you. Yeah. Usually there's one or two that they say like, this is the safe, like, right. Based on your needs, we calculate how old you are and how much money you want to have when you retire, blah, blah, blah. Use this one. And so my 401k, and I think also my IRA, I know my IRA actually, my IRA goes into a mutual fund and I think my 401k also goes into a mutual fund. Um, I had my husband help me choose those, to be honest again, because again, I don't care to learn that much about them. (laughs) Sure. Because I don't, I know that if I did, I would get super invested in it. Because because, you're a five. Yeah. And I really like all that data. Yes. And I don't want to be like a crazy stock trader. Uh (laughs) (laughs) You're just trying to maintain your sanity a little bit. I'm trying to maintain my sanity while building up some money. Yes. So I have those myself. And then um, my husband used to work at the university. So he has um, some money in like the university retirement plan. Mm -hmm. And then he also has an IRA. And then he also has a 401k through his current job as well. Okay. And um, we also make sure we put money in savings every paycheck. So we're doing lots of different things that we can. The one thing that I will definitely say about a 401k, if you can get one through your work, you should definitely do that. Mm -hmm. And you should always do at least the up to the max amount that your job is matching. Yes. Because if you're not, you're just throwing away money. Right. And I think a lot of people do like, it seems like a lot of money at the time if you're like, oh, well, they match a certain amount up up to like 10%. That's so much money. Right. And it's, it does seem like it, but um, you get used to it pretty quickly mm-hmm. because it comes out every week. It's not like a huge chunk. Right. And then, it, you know, obviously you will have a much better retirement portfolio because yeah. when you retire, you need to basically have... I mean, I think they're saying, you know, everyone needs to have at least a million dollars now when you retire. It's pretty high. I can't remember what the number is exactly, but it's a pretty, pretty high number if you want to live um, kind of the same lifestyle that you're living right now. Right. Especially because as they have been predicting for at least 20 years, um, social security won't be around forever. Right. And so that's something that you can't rely on. And most especially because you can't even get the full social security until you're 65 and i think they keep pushing that back i think well my dad just retired um i don't know it was last year the year before i can't remember but he waited until he was getting the full amount yeah um and i can't remember what it was but yeah but a lot of people don't want to work that long right so, or they can't because of medical reasons or whatever. So, um, a lot of times there's a gap that you have to fill. And if you don't have any savings, which a lot of people don't have any savings right. at all, you kind of, you kind of are screwed. stuck. Yeah. I, so I have a 401k. I've had a 401k, um, at my previous job and at my current job. And so I just rolled the old one into the new one. Um, And I actually just last week, I think, I just like bumped up my contribution by 1%. Um, So I was already at the minimum of what the company matches. And then I just like bumped it up another percent and then um, am planning to go in and like do that again, like in a few months and keep doing that until I'm up 
uh, up to at least like 10%. Mm-hmm. Um, but Alex, because he works in the service industry and he was a personal trainer, um, strength conditioning coach before that, um, he, while he has health insurance through work, he does not have any sort of retirement plan. Um, so that is one thing that we haven't done just because it's like one of those things. Well, to be honest, I keep forgetting about it. But then also when I do think about it, I'm like, ah, I don't know what to do there. Well, (laughs) I just, I'm like, I don't know. To be honest, that's why when I left my other job, when I I left that 401k just sitting there for a really long time, because the thought of rolling it over into anything was really overwhelming to me. It is overwhelming. It's not actually difficult. Okay. It's really just, you know, you fill out the paperwork from whatever thing you're rolling it into, and then they basically take care of all the rest for you. Mm -hmm. It's just, it feels nerve wracking. But yeah. it's not actually that hard for rolling over. Yeah. But if he doesn't have anything at all. Right. Which is where he is. Right. And that's actually like why I started when I rolled it over and started contributing because I didn't know how long I was going to be a freelancer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you could go to a place like E-Trade, uh-huh. which is what I use for my IRA. It's super easy to use. You can have it set where they just automatically take a payment out like like your paycheck would be essentially sure. and they you can have it set so what i have mindset to is that every 2 weeks they take out a certain amount and then as soon as it hits a certain amount in my account then they make a new purchase on the fund okay and it's all automatic i don't have to do any of that and if i want to add more later or reduce it i can do that if i want to but for the most part it's a kind of like set it and forget it situation. And are you doing that? Are you still doing that in addition to your 401k? I am. Okay. I, I would ask you to explain further the difference between an IRA and a 401k, but we might have listeners leave us. They might start leaving us on iTunes if we do that. I will just really simplify it. We can maybe put it in the show notes because it makes more sense, I think, to like have written out. Perfect. Um, But it basically comes down to taxes. Okay. So. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because it's like based on like when it's taxed or how mm -hmm. it's taxed. Okay. We'll have, we'll we'll link to some stuff in the show notes about that. If you are like me and curious and can never remember. (laughs) And there are certain restrictions in terms of um, like, uh, I, you can take money out early, like you can borrow against your four hundred one k. Sure. Um, but you, I think you can't do that with an IRA. Uh, like you just get all like completely penalized, basically. Yeah. And so for a four hundred one k, you can borrow against yourself, and um, you just have to pay yourself back with some interest. Right. By a certain time, it's right. like not a big deal. We've actually we did that before. Um. When we were building our house, we had to make a bunch of really big payments that we mm-hmm. didn't have cash for. Yeah. So we borrowed against Bob's 401k and just paid it back immediately. Yeah. Um, I think my parents did the same when they were building the house that I grew up in. Yeah. A lot of people do it. My parents, um, I'm pretty sure they did it like when I was getting braces. Like mm-hmm. it's totally normal thing that people are very used to. Um, but yeah, I think that the main difference is like how you control your money. Obviously, like an IRA goes with you. A 401k is like kind of stuck where it is. Sure. Um, until you roll it over. And a lot of it, it's a, the taxable ax- aspect. And there's also 
um, traditional IRAs and Roth IRAs, but that's also like even more in the weeds. <laughs> even more boring. And I think, and I think the the main point is at the end of the day, just do a little of something. Like a little of something is better than nothing. Would would you say that's accurate? I think that is definitely true. Um, there are different schools of thought in terms of how much you should be investing and saving. Uh, if you know who um, Susie Orman is, uh-huh. she's also like one of those financial gurus who has a lot of infomercials for a yes, reason. Yes, she does. And she likes to yell at people. Um, I, I don't know. She, <laughs> I don't know why she's she so She is mean, kind of a yeller. But... <laughs> Yeah. So, so having like listened to her a little bit and also, um, Dave Ramsey, Dave Ramsey is usually like, you should have a thousand dollars in savings as like your cushion, sure. but then don't worry about savings until you pay off the rest of your debt. Gotcha. Essentially. And then, cause anything like he, most of your emergencies will be covered by this thousand dollars. Sure. Um, Whereas Susie Orman is like, you should have six to nine months of savings of like six to nine months of your expenses in Uh savings before you worry about debt, which for most people is quite a lot of money. Yeah. And that's an, that to me is an overwhelming thought. That's one of those sort of like that avalanche thing where it starts to like feel overwhelming versus Mm -hmm. that snowball thing where like, okay, a thousand dollars in savings, like that feels really doable. Right. For most people, really. Right. And I mean, six to nine months of expenses is... A lot. It's a lot. Like if you, especially if you have a mortgage, well, I mean, even if you're just renting, like that's... It's a lot. (laughs) It's thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. And I don't think it's very attainable for most people. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure where she gets that number from, to be honest. Um, I don't know. But she I th- also spells her name S-U-Z-E. Sue-Z. That is true. So I'm not really sure how much <laughs> we can actually trust what she's saying. <laughs> I don't... Well, you I mean, yeah, that's her main, like, her main thing that I just immediately turned me off of because it, it... I don't... Like, we have a good amount of savings right now, and I still don't think it's six to nine months of expenses. Right. And I know... She means well. It's essentially like if you lose your job, right? You need you to can, have a cushion, right? But it's a lot if you're trying. If you're serious about like taking down your debt, that's just too much. So I think as if any amount that you can set aside, that is great. Just start yeah. with like you know twenty dollars a week. That's awesome. Right. I do recommend if you can have it set up in your. Like if you get direct deposit mm-hmm. for your paycheck to um, break it up into multiple accounts so that you can just have that savings like automatically go. Yeah. And you don't see it. Yeah. Because that way you won't think about like, oh, I'm missing all this money where like it's just going into the right place. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. I like it. So tell me what kind of tools you like to use for budgeting. So, as I said, we started out with, like, a spreadsheet uh-huh. and pen and paper, basically. <laughs> like, we're going old school. Yeah. Like, so we had a spreadsheet of basically all of our debt, and we had it, like, 
we had it with uh, formulas where it would show the interest rate and it would like calculated uh-huh. it through the months based on like how much we paid and like it would show how many months it would take to pay off oh that debt. Oh my God, debt. that's and the most satisfying kind of it was spreadsheet so nerdy. to create. I love it. <laughs> if our, if our re- listeners did not know what big nerds we were before, now they know that great. that's the best kind of spreadsheet. <laughs> um, yeah, because then you would be like, oh, well, we're changing the payment to this and like, look yes. how the numbers all change. It was really yes. exciting. Um, and then I would do the actual budget itself like on a worksheet on paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then one of my friends told me about this app called You Need a Budget, mm-hmm. and I still use it. I'm actually there's a new version now that's web based where um, you tie your accounts to it more um, electronically. Mm-hmm. But I prefer the manual version where I have to enter it all in myself. Yeah. Um, partially for like privacy sake, but also I feel like it keeps me more involved and invested in like what I'm doing and sure eyes on the prize kind of situation yeah so it's a budgeting tool that you um basically enter in all your transactions so your paychecks and anything else and then any cash money and it has categories for literally anything you could possibly think of yeah um and it arranges it all by month and you can see like this is your inflow and then this is what you have already budgeted and mm-hmm. this is how much you over budgeted on then when you get to the next month it'll be like well this is how much you had left from last month or this is how much you overspent sure um and i just found that like super super helpful once we were like really digging into things to like lay it all out like that that's mm-hmm. kind of similar to a program called mint Mm-hmm. Um, which I never started using Mint because it was one of those ones where you always had to put in your banking info. And I, so I did set it up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I talked about this on one of our previous episodes. I set up Mint when we started the adoption process and like really had to crack down on saving. And... um I didn't like it because it was like tied to everything, all of your banking. And so it did a lot of stuff automatically, which seems really great at first. You're like, oh, Mm -hmm. it's going to automatically do this for me. But it didn't categorize things the way that I wanted them categorized. Right. And I struggled with that so much. Well, that's, yeah, that's one of the reasons why I like to do it manually, because even like my bank would it do like you know a snapshot of spending Mm -hmm. in my statements too and all the categories would always be wrong right so if you're shop if you're shopping in a store like target or amazon like that could be groceries that could be gifts that could be clothing those should all be different categories not just spending money or whatever they put it into like i do have a spending money category but it should be more organized than that and when you have these apps that do it automatically, it doesn't know what to do. No, it gets confused and then you get confused and you tell it one month that Amazon was like office supplies and then you tell it the next month that Amazon was like cleaning supplies and it does just like, it's like, fuck you. And you're like, fuck you. And <laughs> you're just yelling at your computer and then you have to shut down your account because that's what I had to do. <laughs> right. Or it's something like... <laughs> and then I like, went over to just a spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> or, or it's something like, um, 
you know, like a lot of the restaurants around here, like also sell products, uh-huh. like that biscuit shop I took you to, yep. like it's a restaurant, but also you can buy groceries there. Right. So that needs to be categorized specifically too, depending on what you did that day. Right. Um, and so that's why I didn't really like it. I like that in, I don't actually know if Mint can do this, but in You Need a Budget, you can take like a transaction from Target and be like, okay, well, I spent $50 of my transaction oh, nice. on groceries. I spent this much money on sheets for the bed. I spent yeah. this much money on cat food. Like you can divide it all up. You can split your transactions. Yes. My mom used to use a program called Quicken. Yeah. And that was, um, it's like by this, like the QuickBooks, FreshBooks, like those people or whatever. Um, and it was like an actual computer program. This was before like you need, she would have loved you need a budget and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but she would go in there and she would like balance her checkbook and she would, and you could break it up into like, here was my grocery bill, but here is like uh, $50 of it was groceries, but 25 dollars of it was like personal care or whatever um which i think is great because again not every time you go to target it's not all gonna be for the same thing every time like it was just too frustrating for me i'm sure there are people and i know that there are people who really love mint personally it was not what i needed it to be so i do need to check out you need a budget um because i think that it sounds a little closer to what I want it to be. And again, that could just be because I'm a big old control freak. So it's possible. That might just be my problem. It's probably user error. The version of You Need a Budget that is out now is a paid version. Um, the one I use is free because, like I said, I'm using like a super old one. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can get a paid version that is not it's not super expensive it's a few dollars a month or you can pay for like a whole year up front but they do have like a 30 i think it's like 34 days it's some odd number that's a little bit longer (laughs) than a month um free trial which i appreciate that it's like a weird number that's longer than a month because you kind of need longer than a month to really have like a good picture of a budget right you need like that full month budget to put in there and then play around with it and see if you even like the program so that is nice that is so i do recommend that get a trial on that one there are lots of other tools that i have not tried but i've heard good things about yeah um that are a little bit more about some of them are about investing and some of them are budgeting tools that kind of like we said it you know we didn't like mint because it did it for you Mm -hmm. um but some of these tools are like extremely hands-off if that's sure. kind of the thing you where you don't want to think about it or you kind of want someone to like come up to you and slap the bag from Target out of your hand. <laughs> <laughs> that's what some of those Walk away from the cart. <laughs> right. So uh, there's this one that we I just learned about that's called Charlie, I think. Uh-huh. And it's a cute little penguin for their mascot. And if I was, re- I feel bad because I don't want to misquote, but I feel like it was one where you would text it and it would like kind of tell you like, you only have this much money left for this thing. Like you can't do that kind of situation. Oh, that would be interesting. Um, So I'd be, I would definitely be interested to see how it would work in practice. But again, I don't like giving my bank account information <laughs> to an app. Yeah. Um, But there was another one 
that sounded cool to me that's called Acorns. Mm-hmm. And it's a savings app where essentially it takes every transaction that you have and it rounds it up to the next dollar. Oh, yeah. So then you it takes all the little like partial dollars and puts it into a savings account. I like for that. you automatically so you have, you're sort of taking your pocket change yeah the the 2019 version of pocket change and putting yes. it in your 2019 version of your savings jar exactly it was kind of it reminded me a lot of actually so another thing about dave ramsey is that he's a big proponent of using cash uh-huh. and this thing called the envelope system which is you have certain categories that you're going to use cash for like groceries and when you put at the beginning of the month, you put the cash into the envelope. And then when the envelope is empty, you're yes. SOL. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but I guess the like the theory with that, too, is that you would also have some pocket change left over that, that you can then put in your change jar. Oh, nice. Um, but since no one uses of, cash anymore, right? It's this app me, is a really great solution. It's making me think of um, the movie Up. And their jar where they would oh. put it, save their money. That's what that makes me think. It actually made me think of um, the movie Office Space. <laughs> <laughs> and there's the difference between our minds, ladies and gents. <laughs> the heartwarming Disney movie or the criminal element. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so I know that we had a few questions from our listeners, one of which we are have just covered, which was like, what are some of the best apps for um, budgeting and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So we talked about you need a budget, Mint, Acorns, Charlie. Um, But a couple of people were wondering about budgeting for food specifically, because guess what? We all got to eat. Whether we're eating out, whether we're cooking, we have to figure out how to feed ourselves. Um, So talk to me about that. Yeah, so... um Food spending is really interesting to me, and like I can super geek out on it probably for an entire episode. Um, <laughs> Americans... Everyone, please refer to our hour and 20 minute long food episode. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, there, the USDA puts out um, every year, like every quarter, I think it is actually, uh, studies on how much people spend on their groceries. And I'm not exactly sure how they compile this information. But they get a study um, of how much people spend on their groceries in different categories of income brackets Mm -hmm. and different family sizes. So whether you're single, whether it's like two adults, whether it's an adult and one kid, whether it's two adults and two children. Um, I think it only goes up to like two adults and two children. Uh, But it has a variety of combinations Mm -hmm. and it breaks it down like, okay, so a family of four on the thrifty plan spends this much money a month and then a family of four on the extravagant plan or whatever it was they called it spends this much money a month. And so I started studying those when I was really into saving money on groceries and tracking exactly how much money we were spending. And as it turns out... um, Comparatively, Americans don't really spend that much money on food. Really? Considering like how important food actually is to our lives. Um, That's interesting. So uh, apparently Americans spend an average of 
a 9.7% of our income, of disposable income, on food. But that's almost 50-50 divided between cooking at home and eating out at restaurants. That does not surprise me. So. (laughs) That does not surprise me at all. And I, I would be interested to see... I would be interested to see that broken out by geographic area. Yeah, I'm not sure if I, they probably do, but I don't know if I've ever seen the specific geographic area um, for it because obviously, like food prices vary quite drastically depending sure. on where you live. Sure. But I just thought it was really interesting because when I started tracking what we were actually spending on our food, we were spending like nothing compared yeah. to what these charts showed. Yeah. And that was even, and I think it's a lot had to do with the fact that because we were budgeting, we stopped going out to eat so much. Mm-hmm. And so that really brought the number down. Um, yeah. Like now we just spend so much money on food. It's kind right. of ridiculous. But I do have two kids who would just eat snacks all the time. <laughs> um, but well, I just thought it's, it's really interesting to look at data like that because uh it kind of gives you a feel for like what people think is appropriate. Sure. Which is not necessarily anyone's business on how much money you're spending on food. It's not. But I think if you're really thinking about it and you're trying to dial in on your food spending, you might not actually be spending as much as you think you are. Mm-hmm. For sure. So I always felt like that it was a good way to get started where they had the recommendations and you could be like, okay, well, I'm, you know, a family of two adults and one child and I should possibly be spending about this much on my food. Okay, that's a good starting point Yeah, of where to go. And then kind of go from there. There's some other budgeting tools who should who say that you should be like, they try to break all of your categories into percentages, like your household mm-hmm. um, payment should be 30% of your income and, you know, this much should be this much and blah, blah, blah. Right. But... I'm also of the opinion where if you choose to spend more money on food and issue some of the other categories, like going out to the movies or something like that, then that's fine. Yeah. And that's what our, that's what our household looks like. We spend a lot more money on food, even when we're in like a, when we're saving and really carefully budgeting, I still set aside money for us to go out to eat because it's part of what we enjoy doing. My husband works in a kitchen, like going out to eat is really important. Just it's almost as important as eating at home because it allows him to like get out and see what people are doing and not doing and things like that. And we don't like we never go to the movies. We very rarely go to concerts. We don't do a lot of like vacation-y type things. That's where we prefer to spend our money. So it's really all about balance the one thing i will say like if you are looking to get your groceries on a budget is to start meal planning for sure um and we might we might do an episode on meal planning next year because there's so much to say about meal planning i feel like a lot to talk about with regards to meal planning and i think so a lot of people like actually one of our one of our listeners said you know i've I meal plan, but I don't like budget based on my meal plan. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of have to shift your mindset a little bit. And it's, it doesn't come down to like, well, I want to make 
this on this night and I want to make this on this night and blah, blah, blah. I'll just make whatever I want to make, but I'll write it down. Um, meal planning to me is more like figuring out, well, so I'm gonna like for Sunday, I'm gonna roast a pot roast. Mm -hmm. So that means I can, uh, on Tuesday, I will have whatever leftovers are still left and I can make that into like a soup if I add some starch to it and some broth and like have a whole nother meal. Right. Stuff like that. I actually had a series on my blog for a while where it was like, here's how to roast a chicken and then here's like five recipes you can make with a roasted chicken. Yeah. Um, And that's what meal planning is to me. Like it's taking, not necessarily that you have to repurpose your leftovers, Mm -hmm. but it's looking at like, okay, so one day I'm going to make this. What can I buy that will let me make something else another day? Right. How can I stretch those ingredients? How can I like, if I'm buying green onions for one thing, like, how can I use the rest of those green onions later in the week so I'm not just throwing them away when they go wilty in the fridge? Right. Or like a head of broccoli or a bag of potatoes, like just anything like that. Ex- exactly like that. Like um, when we have pasta, we only ever use half a jar of sauce. So we could use the other half for questions something about else. Only ever using half a jar of sauce. <laughs> well, I hate to break it to you, but a serving of pasta is only two ounces. Shh. <laughs> I don't like your negativity in my life, Megan. <laughs> the things you learn when you work at a grocery store. You're rude. In the food. <laughs> Sorry. You're supposed to balance it out with vegetables. I um, know. <laughs> yes. So we've uh, I we've gotten the habit where it's, we only eat we eat half of half a box of pasta and half a jar of sauce and we have the other half of the jar to use for something else, but obviously yeah. that doesn't work for everyone. Right. Um, but it's the same sort of situation where like, you know, things like tomato paste, it it comes in a stupid size. Yeah. You never use the whole thing unless you're buying the tubes, which I do recommend. I do. I do as well. Even though they're a little bit more than the jar, you use it all. You use it all and it lasts longer. Mm-hmm. But most people buy the cans. Mm-hmm. Um, you only ever need like a tablespoon. Mm-hmm. So that you have the, the dumbest system. You have the whole other can to use for something else. The fact of the matter is, no matter how much money we're spending on groceries, we throw a lot of it away. Mm-hmm. And so, just by actually eating the food that you buy, you will save a lot of money. So I had said before that when we were paying out our debt, I I meal planned, but also I scoured all the coupons. Um, and the grocery ads, all the grocery ads come out like on the same day of the week. So you can kind of compare all of them. Mm -hmm. And then I also really recommend if you do have a target nearby that sells groceries or any other store that has their own app, target has, it used to be cartwheel. Now it's target circle where they have all of their coupons on there. They have coupons that, um, are a little bit different in that like you have to select them and then scan it at the checkout. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have, they put their weekly ad in there. So all those sales are like automatically added, but then they'll have savings on top of that. And then there's also an app called Ibotta. It's okay. I-B-O-T-T-A. And it's coupons. Um, mostly it's a lot of uh, like processed foods. Um 
but there's some good stuff in there sometimes. And it's essentially like a rebate coupon app oh, uh-huh. where you pick your products and then it tells you like where you can buy them in your area. And then after you buy them, you just scan your receipt and you get some money into your account. And then when you hit a threshold, you can have it pay you to PayPal. Um, so it's not like an immediate savings, but it sure. can kind of build up over the year. Yeah. And I really like using that for kind of get, feeling like I'm saving money and getting some money back um, later, which you can use yeah. for stuff like Christmas presents, which for I think sure. is super helpful because it's a kind of the same like mindless savings thing. Yeah. You just have it somewhere that you're not thinking about. Um, but I definitely recommend shopping around if you can, comparing where you can. Uh, a lot of people recommend going to farmer's markets to save money, but depending on where you live... That may or may it, not be actually saving you money. Right. Where I live, farmer's markets are very expensive. Um, however, I've gone to farmer's markets up in Wisconsin and they're incredibly affordable. Um, I think when I was there, it was a few years ago, but I got like a dozen eggs and it was $2. And I was like, oh, oh my wow. God. Because they're like $7 here. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, I will say that our farmer's market is not necessarily like the cheapest option, but I do really love supporting the local farmers. And so I like to go and I might spend a little bit more on some really great produce. Mm-hmm. And then... I am spent, but I might spend a little less elsewhere. Um, right. Like I, I might do the spend same a thing less too. On meat or something like that. Right. I do the same thing too. Um, I I definitely we get a farmer's box every every other week, so that's definitely something that we try to do to support our farmers. But um, it's not necessarily a cost conscious option unless you are definitely cooking from home every week, using all of that food that you get. Right. Um, and to be honest, we're not. We're really bad people. <laughs> um, and it's not, if you do live in an area where your market is affordable, or especially if you live where, you know, I know it's like winter now, so you probably don't have a market where you live. <laughs> you might have one that allows you to negotiate Mm-hmm. Some farmers will, if they have, you know, like their seconds box or if it gets toward the end of the market day and they don't want to take their stuff home but want some money, mm-hmm. they'll negotiate with people for you to bring stuff home to do with. So yeah. that's always an option if uh, if your farmer's market's affordable, I would just say. Yeah. But also, I will add to that that some farmer's markets do take SNAP. Yes, ours does. Yeah, and I think um, it's great. And sometimes ours, I believe they do like double snap days sometimes. Oh, nice. So there are options out there. I also want to add on that if you are on Snap, don't feel bad about being on Snap. No, I, I was. Think, I think a lot right of people don't of realize how close uh, Americans are to like being homeless. Mm-hmm. Basically, everyone is one medical emergency away from being homeless. Yep. And um, your business is your business, basically. Like, stop judging what other people are buying with yep. their SNAP dollars. Because sometimes you want a cookie, too. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I was, I, fresh out of college, worked for AmeriCorps. And 
part of that was that they didn't pay you anything and they basically paid you at the poverty level and so you had to apply for SNAP Mm -hmm. in order to survive and they wanted you to do that so that you would understand um, more about the whole system so um, I learned a lot about it and it's it's great um so yeah no judgy mcjudgersons here also let's just say that aldi is the shit these days so it's a great place to go buy groceries and they've got some really great products now um i mean my mom was shopping at aldi way before it was cool Um, oh yeah we were too (laughs) but now they actually have really good stuff at aldi so yeah there's aldi Aldi's really great. Um, it depends. Some of the stores I know, it's hit or miss depending on their, for their uh, produce quality. Yes. Ours is, happens to be really great. Um, so there's Aldi. There's actually uh, like, I can't remember what they're called now, but they're basically like thrift stores for food. Okay. Where like they take the bread that's like almost expired. Sure. Like the not as fresh bread or whatever, and they sure. like sell it there, or the extra bread that a store doesn't want or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we used to shop there sometimes when I was a kid. Um, there's also like a lot of like dollar stores sell food now, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's not even like questionable food. Like it's yeah. regular food, yeah, because people got to eat. So yep. like, if you need to go to the dollar store to buy food, that's totally acceptable too. I think whatever works for you and your family if you're pinching pennies like do what works for you i do recommend um moving away from meat as much as you can Mm -hmm. it will definitely help save you money i mentioned rice and beans earlier it's super cheap it's a complete protein if you put them together practically free because nobody nobody likes lentils (laughs) (laughs) but they are a great source of protein so they are yes (laughs) Um, as much as you can, like veer away from processed foods, obviously, um, it, processed foods are cheap, but they're cheap for a reason. They're not going to like fill you up. Um, so I think working with a meal plan, going with your grocery circulars, even just like if you have time on whatever day, it doesn't have to be the day you're actually shopping. If you can go to your local store and kind of get a feel for what everything costs that you might have on a grocery list, that kind of helps a lot too, especially if you're like new to the area. I know people tend to move a lot around a lot for jobs, just kind of, um, I guess window shopping, if you will, at the grocery store helps a lot. And also one thing that we did, when I was a kid, was we, we brought a calculator with us. Yeah. Get your kids some math practice while you're doing your grocery shopping. Yeah. If you set a budget for your groceries and you bring a calculator, and it's pretty easy to tell your kids to put back whatever junk that they picked out at the start of this yeah. shopping trip. <laughs> I know my mom was also really good about going to multiple stores, like in one shopping trip. So she would know, like, okay, I'm going to go to walmart for these things but kroger's having a sale on uh beef and so i'm gonna go pick up the you know 
a few extra pounds of beef. I'm going to freeze some of it. I'm going to use some of it this week. Um, and then, you know, I know that Aldi has a sale on raspberries. So I'm going to swing by there and pick up some raspberries as a treat for the week or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a lazy motherfucker and I am horrible about doing that. Um, but I do know that that was one of her big tricks for saving money was just knowing what was on sale where and planning to make a few stops instead of just getting everything at one store and maybe paying more on some Yeah. Place. When we were paying down our debt, um, I definitely did that. There was a store in Austin. I think it, I don't think it's open anymore, but they had incredible produce deals, especially on fruit. And mm-hmm. I was like, I would drive across town to get <laughs> their yeah. cheap, super, super cheap fruit. Um, and it was great. I do, like, if you're getting the circulars, uh, I know most people like to meal plan, like, on a Sunday because you're thinking about, like, the week ahead. Mm-hmm. But circulars usually come out on Wednesdays. Oh. And so, and the sales are, it's either Wednesdays or Thursdays. I can't remember now that I said it. But <laughs> the sales sometimes will line up. So they'll do, like, double coupon Wednesday, you've probably heard of. Yeah. Like, even if you don't have coupons, usually the sales still overlap on that day. Nice. But if you get the circulars um, that day, and even if you don't get a paper, they're usually online. Mm-hmm. And um, if you meal plan based on what's on sale, that helps a lot. Absolutely. And one of my local grocery stores, I think probably all their ones do this too. They do um, like a meal deal kind of situation where if you buy like whatever, like you buy a pork or loin or something and they'll give you like three sides for free. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah. So sometimes it's not something like as awesome as that. Like a lot of times it's like you bought cookies and we'll give you potato chips. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure for, like for Thanksgiving, they do like if you buy a turkey, we'll give you a ham and stuff like that. Right. So um, those are definitely really good ways to save money for the groceries. Sure is. It sure is. So... We won't really touch on this one, um, this question from a listener, um, just because, you know, we've been talking for a while, um, but I think we should do a episode in the future about credit scores and credit health, um, because we had a listener who says that she wishes she had known more about those things earlier on. And I think that that is a topic that isn't necessarily really well understood, and it can play a big role in how you are moving throughout the world as a grown person and you need to buy a car or buy a house or whatever. So I feel like we should just make a plan to have an episode about that in the future. I feel like credit score is actually, it's really complicated. I don't know if actually I would be qualified to talk about that as a full episode, but essentially what a credit score is, is your ability to pay debt. Yes. And I, and I actually have and is I like actually a terrible a friend, number. <laughs> and I actually have a friend here in town who would be a great person um, to bring on. So we can we can invite her on to talk about it because she is an expert um, on credit score and knows all the things and has taught me many, many things. So um, because it is it is really complicated, but a, th- a thing to learn about. <laughs> it's, it is good if you if you do need a credit score if you're gonna buy something unless you magically happen to have a lot of cash on hand which frankly most people won't so yeah you but i you do have to keep an eye on it um it's true. 
especially if you're younger and, uh, you know, get credit cards when you shouldn't. <laughs> uh, yes, that is <laughs> definitely a thing. It sounds like maybe a thing that you've encountered. Uh, maybe my credit score was really, really bad for a while, but it's actually amazing now. So see, there you go. And that is like a grade. And so if you're the kind of person who enjoys getting a good grade, you can work on that credit score. Exactly. So let's talk about what's bringing us joy as we bring our last episode of 2020 to a close. I can't believe the year is basically over. I know. So Megan, what's bringing you joy this week? Well, I have to say that I am really enjoying my hula hoop. Okay, tell me more. I I never in a bajillion years would have thought that was what you were going to say. So when I worked at uh, my cop editing job, I worked with some really cool people who were really into hula hooping all of a sudden. And so we all got hula hoops and we would, instead of like smoke breaks, we would go have hula hoop breaks. Oh my God. Um, Which they didn't, the the bosses didn't necessarily like that much because they were like, you're just outside having fun. I'm like, if people can go outside and kill their lungs, uh, why can't I go outside and like exercise for 10 minutes? For real. Um, but I haven't done it in a while. And the hula hoop has just been sitting in our garage, basically like being the little thing that like indicates how far that we need to pull the car up. <laughs> um but the car was gone the other day and no one else was home. And so I was like, oh, I should hula hoop because it's here and there's space in the garage. And so I just like pulled it out and started hula hooping and I still remembered how to do it. And it was great. That's it's amazing. hard. Hula hooping is hard. I like mean, it's I, a workout. I never figured it out as a kid. So I, I'm not going to lie. I'd probably be reticent to try it as an adult, but. You don't really think about it being a workout until you like do it for longer than a minute and you're like oh just like (laughs) the back and forth motion like it actually it's a pretty good workout i'm excited to like keep doing it because it's really fun it's like a nice little break for the day oh my gosh i love that so much that's hilarious (laughs) what is is it bringing you joy um well eliza schlesinger i don't even know if I'm saying her last name correctly. She's my favorite comedian. She has a bunch of specials on Netflix, and her newest one came out on Netflix today. Um, and so I was, watched a little bit of it before we started recording, and that's bringing me joy because I think she's fucking hilarious. And she is, I don't know, I just love her comedy. I think, you know, she's very much like, I am woman, hear me roar. Um, mm-hmm. So there's just a lot of things about her comedy that I enjoy and uh, Alex really loves her as well. So and not just because she's hot because she's actually really funny. So. <laughs> you had recommended her to me a few months ago and I think I watched all of her, the ones, all of the Netflix specials that had been on there uh-huh. like within a week. Yeah, they're hilarious. She's yeah. so funny. So this new one, she got married this year and so it's called Unveiled and um all of her previous specials, so she had this little dog named Blanche, and at the beginning of her special, she would have Blanche run across the stage, and she actually filmed this laugh, this one that just went on Netflix, like, a week or two before Blanche passed away, Aww. and so 
it like but there's Blanche running across the stage and she put like this little like wedding veil on her and it's so so funny and so cute so anyway I love following her on Instagram too so we'll link to her in the show notes because she's real funny that's really cute I can't wait to watch it yes it's so good so I'm gonna go as we finish recording here I'm gonna go finish watching watching that special I just want to say do you have any advice for the end of the year oh gosh um you know what my advice for the end of the year we're heading into the Christmas holidays and uh, New Year's and people probably spending a lot of time with family members. I would just say be kind to yourself. And if you need to step away for your own mental health, for whatever reason it might be, be nice to yourself and do that. Give yourself some grace. That is excellent advice. How about you, Megan? What advice would you give? Um, I would say, don't worry about your diet. Amen. Eat the damn things. YOLO. If you, yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people are like, ah, I need to, whatever, you know, you know what it all is. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, if you see that pie that you really love that your great aunt Mary made and she only makes at Christmas, like, just go ahead and eat it. Yep. It's fine. It's going to feel better to you to eat a small piece of that pie than to not eat any of it and then later on creep down to the kitchen and eat like 12 pieces. Yes. Absolutely. Or just be mad at yourself. Like, don't be mad at yourself about food, guys. No, it's not worth it. Enjoy the holidays, whatever they mean to you. I agree. I support that advice. So we're taking the next couple of weeks off for the holidays, um, but we will be back with a brand new episode on January 7th. So join us back here in the new year. If you have been listening to our podcast and enjoy it, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Please drop us a line on any of our social media accounts, Facebook or Twitter or Instagram at IRSI podcast or email us at I'd rather stay in podcast at gmail.com. We would absolutely love to hear from all of you and happy holidays. Bye.